Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR 680 AM 107.5 FM. This is Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and have a conversation with very business, various businesses, nonprofits, and organizations around the area. Today, our guest is Specialized Staffing. Lisa Gard is in studio with us. Lisa, good morning. Thanks for stopping by. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So we're going to get into a full conversation today. And if you can't stick around, though, for this full half hour of our conversation, we have you covered. You can go to WISR680.com, look under the Let's Talk page, and then you can find specialized staffing. And that's where you can find today's program and any previous versions of our show with specialized staffing. Of course, you can also check us out. WISR mobile app is where you can find us live on your phone all the time. And Let's Talk is now on Spotify as well. Just look for WISR and Let's Talk, and that's where you can find all of our programs here on the show. So with that, specialized staffing, Lisa Gard. Again, for our listeners, Lisa, you've been a longtime guest of the show, but if they're unfamiliar with specialized staffing, if you could just give them a rundown as to what you guys do. Sure, right. Well, we work with uh, companies who are looking to hire people uh, in professional positions, mainly the fields of accounting, administration, uh, finance, human resources, sales, marketing, those types of things. And um, we help them find people to fill positions. So essentially, we also help people find jobs but we actually are working for the company. Mm, Okay. So hiring, you're in the business of hiring. You're in the business of trying to match people with businesses. What are the challenges? And that's going to be kind of our conversation today is on how to hire. How to hire. Yeah. What are going to be some of the bigger challenges that you think businesses find whenever they begin the hiring process? Sure. I think what challenges a lot of companies is that they, they wait Till they need to hire to start to look. And that that's actually my first tip on how to hire right is to always be looking. Mm. And, you know, this is something that I learned early on in business. And, you know, as a small business owner, a lot of us feel like we are very busy and we don't have time to be, you know, focusing on hiring if that's not an immediate need. We're firefighters and we wait till the fire erupts before we put it out. But I think this was one of the most helpful pieces of advice I ever received. And, and again, don't wait until you need somebody. So I always had a goal set that once a month as a small business owner, I would make it a goal to talk to one person that would fill a position in my company. And it didn't matter that I wasn't looking. Um, it, it just was a goal of mine to talk to one person. And the reason I did that was because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen in somebody's life. You never know if somebody's going to leave. You never know if somebody's going to get sick. And what it did for me was it it created a pool of people um, that I used my network, people I met, people who referred other people to me, and even if you have a, a transparent and trusting enough culture, even my own team would refer people to me mm. that could fill their position if, if, if the need would, would happen to come up. And so I would once a month talk to somebody. It wasn't a full interview. I just, you know, have a conversation with them, find out kind of what's driving their interest in opportunities and, uh, you know, just try to determine if they would or would not be a good fit in my organization should a need come up. And then I would, I would, 
kind of earmark them in case a need did come up. Um, and what that does is it expedites the process when you do have a need. You at least have a short list established. And um, yeah, that list gets old. And some of those people you may not have talked to in a while, but it was still a short list and it was very helpful. So don't wait until you have to hire to start thinking about that. So you're saying you pick out a person once a month. How do you mm-hmm. identify who these people are? Are there right. certain traits? Are there certain uh, other ways to go about it? Right. How do you identify them? So I just always used my network. And as small business owners and, you know, even as hiring managers, you are always coming in contact with other professionals in like positions. So whether that's through professional organizations, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, networking groups, um, even personal organizations, you know, your church, you're always talking to people. And I always made sure I got the word out that if anybody ever knew anybody that might be interested in an opportunity, I'd be interested in talking to them. So basically it was through referral. Mm. How does that conversation go? How do you have an interview that's not an interview? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, when somebody's referred to you, that's kind of an open door. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was given your name by this person. They mentioned to me that you may or may not have an interest in, you know, opportunities. What, you know, just thought I'd reach out and find out what you know, what's going on? What's your story? And sometimes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm not too unhappy, but I like to keep my eyes and ears open. So I have a very brief conversation with them about what would, you know, what would need to happen to compel you to make a move? What would that position need to look like? And if what they describe is something that I might be able to offer, then they go on the A-list. Mm. If what they describe isn't, then they're a candidate for another opportunity. So how do you tell them that I don't have anything for you now, but I would like you like to talk to you in the future, potentially, if something comes down the road. You say exactly I guess just that. Like that. Yep, you say exactly that. I'm very impressed with you. I think you would make a great fit in my company from what we've, you know, from the conversation we've had so far. I think, you know, you may make a great fit in my company. I don't have any openings right now, but would it be okay if I kept your information and, you know, reached out to you if a need arises? And by the way, I can send you a link to my company's website. You can check us out. You can see what we're about. And that's exactly how that conversation goes. Oh, well, I guess I got one right. I'm going to check, <laughs> check that one up. But it, there's no sense then as, as a business owner, as a hiring manager, that you're giving somebody false hope whenever no, you have this conversation? Not at all. I And you know what? I always start out with, I'm always keeping my eyes and ears open in case I have a need. And you mm-hmm. know, when I run across somebody who impresses me, I want to learn a little bit more about them. So let's have a five minute conversation. And if a need arises, you know, I'll be in touch. And with me, it's a little bit easier because it's a recruiting firm, so I can always throw in. <laughs> and if nothing surfaces with my own organization, I'd be happy to, you know, represent you with another organization. But that's just because of what we do. But the conversation is pretty easy. So we take this candidate who we believe is a qualified candidate, mm-hmm. and we do have that opening arise. Mm-hmm. What are some of the smart steps then that you can take following that to make sure that this is somebody that would match your team and match your work culture? Right. So when you do have a need that arises, I say the first thing you need to know is you need to do is establish exactly what you need. Know what you need. Um, when a position becomes available, oftentimes in my experience, I've seen hiring managers try to replace somebody that they hired 15 years ago 
using the same job description and the same type of criteria. When meanwhile, in 15 years, I'm pretty sure if you've been doing this for 15 years, your job is not the same as it was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I say revisit that job description, revisit what that position requires. If you can have an exit interview with the person who's leaving, find out how the job has evolved and create an effective job description. And by that, I mean, first look at what the person is going to be doing, mm -hmm. not just what they need to know. So many times I've heard, hey, I need you to find me somebody that's really good with QuickBooks and knows Excel and they need to be able to, um, they need to be able to communicate. Okay, that's great. Those are three requirements, but what are they going to be doing? Yeah. Well, they're going to be sitting at the front desk. They're going to be answering phones. They're going to be entering information into QuickBooks. So that's a lot different than just find me somebody who needs to know this. And that's helpful when you're reaching out to potential candidates as well, because let's face it, if I called you, Tyler, and I said, hey, Tyler, you and I talked a couple weeks ago, and you mentioned that you might have an interest in opportunities, and hey, I'm looking for somebody that needs to know QuickBooks and Excel and has good communication skills. What's your interest level in that? Mm -hmm. Would it be a big fat zero <laughs> at that point? <laughs> yeah, because everyone's eager to do QuickBooks yeah. and Excel. Well, yeah, and that and exactly what am I going to be doing? Mm -hmm. Candidates want to know what exactly does the job entail. So know what you're looking for and then the second step is establish, based on that list of things they'll be doing, the list of criteria that's required. So the job description, writing the job description, mm -hmm. the importance of that whenever you are trying to find qualified candidates. Do you think those candidates who are out there looking for the job really need to get a good job description to take that next step and actually apply for that job? So, and you are bringing up my next point and you're, you're honing right in on what I'm about to say next. There's a difference between a job description and a posting. Mm. Your posting is an advertisement. It is meant to whet the appetite of the reader to compel them to want to learn more about the position. So if I saw a job posting that said ABC company is looking for a, an administrative assistant and the duties involve answering phones, tracking production data on a spreadsheet, making travel arrangements, doing this, doing, I, you would lose me after the first bullet point. Okay. I would be bored. So that is what you need to share with somebody once you're talking to them about the position, mm. but your posting is meant to attract their attention. So your posting should be more like putting your best foot forward as a company. So ABC company, the nation's leading distributor of this exciting product is looking for somebody to join our dynamic growing team. Mm. In this role, you'll be doing a variety of things, including, and you give a couple bullet points. And if this sounds like you, you know, and you can also talk about, we offer a competitive salary, we offer competitive benefits, we're a you know, community-minded organization. Talk a little bit about what you do as a company, your purpose, you know, we change people's lives by doing this. You know, you, you, you really want to sell your company. And again, it's just meant to whet the appetite of the person. Now, when the person goes, hmm, this sounds interesting. Yeah, this does sound like me. They apply mm -hmm. and you're going to interview them. Then when you're interviewing them, you're sharing more with them. So this is what the job entails. These are the requirements, you know, and you're interviewing them 
based on what you're looking for, you're interviewing them and asking them questions to get at how they've done those things in the past. Again, our guest, Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing. You brought up a little bit of it, but I want to talk about hiring in today's world. Yeah. Because to me, I talk to people my generation and younger, we're utilizing, whether it be Indeed, whether it Mm -hmm. be whatever it may be, we're trying to take in all these different ways for me as an employer to effectively hire someone what are the resources that I need to know to make sure the qualified candidates are seeing my job posting? Exactly. So that is one of my points. And and what I actually have here is make sure you throw your lines in all waters. So okay. it used to be that you could just, you know, run a help wanted ad. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you want to do now. But you also want to utilize social media. You want to utilize every platform you can. Um, indeed, you want to. And I'm going to shamelessly plug staffing firms because (laughs) (laughs) but you know utilize all your resources and one of the things that i will say first is look inside first look inside your company post that position inside see Mm. if you have any internal people that are interested because they may have a shorter learning curve because they're familiar with your service they're familiar with your product they're familiar with the department Um, and it may be easier to backfill an entry-level position than it would be the position that's open you you never Mm. know but it is good to look inside first and also tap inside for any referrals. Employee referral programs are very effective and some of the best employees come from your employees. Mm. Again, Lisa Gard, our guest with specialized staffing. And you alluded to it earlier, but I just wanted to make sure we're clarifying that point. So if I'm putting my job posting on Indeed, this doesn't need to be scroll, 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 scroll in terms of a job description. The longer the job description, the worse your response is going to be in my experience. (laughs) People do not take the time to read all of that. Mm. They want to know why they should pick up the phone and call. And things to highlight are your company's, what your company does, why it's a great company to work for, and what you offer. And I'm not saying you have to put a salary in there. It definitely helps to to list your compensation more specifically. But mm. a lot of a lot of times, you know, we still have that mindset that you have to negotiate and you don't want to, you know, put all your cards on the table. But it, it does help to include your salary range because people will discount themselves sometimes thinking that they may be overqualified or underqualified. And normally there is a range. Okay. So, um, but exactly that you want to make sure that you include those things in your posting and a little bit about what the job entails. You're not hiding anything, but you don't need to put your whole job description on because also, A lot of times the job description entails things that the position is responsible for, but they don't do it every day, Mm. you know? So maybe if you do a monthly audit, but you have audits there, you know, but it's only maybe monthly or, you know, year end type of things. And it, it just makes it look too big, too long. And you have the opportunity to talk to the candidate more in depth once you actually have them in the interview and provide them the job description. In fact, when you go to schedule the interview, there's nothing wrong with when you call to screen the candidate, you screen to make sure they meet the minimum requirements and that they would have an interest and you schedule them for an interview. Prior to them coming for the interview, send them a link to your website and send them the job description so that they can do their homework. So whenever we're looking for employees and we're asking them to apply, 
what should we be asking for? Is it a resume? What all should we be looking for as an employer? Yeah. Well, typically you're just looking for a resume. And okay. a lot of times companies will ask for salary requirements from candidates up front. Okay. I know that's a thing and you can do it, but I will say this to those employers who do that, you're missing out on those people who don't want to give that up up front because we've been taught all of our lives not to do that. So mm -hmm. you're asking for people to do that and they won't apply and you're missing out on it. They just don't want to say... Yeah. This is my number. You need to be flexible. I mean, yeah, they want to rule out people who are grossly above, you know, the, the pay range. Mm -hmm. But it that's easy to do when you're screening somebody. Yeah. You know? So get the resume. Take a look at what the person brings to the table. And I also say this. Don't put all the emphasis on what you're seeing on paper. Sometimes you'll look at a resume and you'll say, well, this person's overqualified. They'll be bored here. Well, mm -hmm. you're making an assumption. So if, if the experience is interesting enough to you that you would be compelled to want to know more, pick up the phone and call them, yeah. have a conversation. You know, there may be a reason why they're, they're interested in that specific position. What are your thoughts on a cover letter? Should that be something we're asking for? Yes. Because we tell people not to have a resume that's more than one page. Yeah. So oftentimes, what I like to see in a cover letter is what's compelling somebody's interest in looking for a job right now. Mm -hmm. I've recently moved to the area. Uh, my company just recently downsized. You know, things like that. Um, and also what you feel qualifies you for the position, why you're interested, why you feel you're qualified. I think it's a good idea. And it gives them an example of your communication style. We're with Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing. So we've identified a candidate or a pool of candidates and we're bringing them in for the interview process. Mm -hmm. I feel like you could probably talk to me about three hours on how to be a good interviewer <laughs> and how to identify candidates. But right. if we get a brief rundown, I think it's to be, I mean, I'll be truthful. Yep. I just had this experience where I was interviewing candidates and it was something that I was not familiar with. Right. And it's like, all right, well, what are the right questions to ask to figure out if this person is qualified for what our right. needs are as a business? Right. And it's important to keep, keep things related to the job, you know, yeah. more and more you hear about, you know, questions being asked that aren't necessarily job related. If it's, you were a fruit, what would you be? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what I try to tell my clients is that you take the job description and you take the duties and, and the responsibilities and you f formulate questions that get at a candidate's ability to perform the job and not just their ability, but their desire to do these things. So you're asking questions that we call them behavioral questions that are asking for examples of when they've done these things before. So good organizational skills, that's kind of subjective. So tell me about a time where you had to keep somebody else organized other than yourself. Tell me how you manage your time. Tell me how you manage your schedule. How do you stay organized? Those are questions to ask to get at organizational skills. Customer service skills. Tell me about a time when you had to help an irate customer. Mm. Tell me about a time when you couldn't help an irate customer and you had to, to pass them off to somebody else. Now you're getting at what they're, what the, they're probably going to do in the future for you. Um, tell me how you've used QuickBooks in the past. What type of information did you track in Excel and how did you track it? Um, so you're asking open-ended questions. Now, the biggest thing here too is to ask the same questions 
to every candidate. It's got to be saying the cross. You want to compare apples to apples. So mm-hmm. if you ask one candidate one thing and another candidate something completely different, you may like one candidate better, but you didn't get the same information. And the other thing I will say is please do not overcomplicate your hiring process. <laughs> do not involve everybody in the company, only the people who absolutely need to be involved. And because A, it's overwhelming to the candidate. B, it's so hard to get everybody together. If you have five people in the interview process, do you know how long it's going to take to get through that interview process? And you'll lose your candidates if you take too mm-hmm. long. How long should the interview last itself with the candidate? Mm-hmm. Typically it, about an hour. If you have one or two people interviewing about an hour. Now, it's okay to have multiple interviews. It's okay to have somebody come in. The HR department you know, talks to them first, maybe mm-hmm. introduces them to the hiring manager. And you narrow it down to the top two or three candidates, and then you bring those in to meet some other team members. Okay. That's okay. But to keep somebody there all day, unless it's a six-figure executive position, and it just really does not make sense. How do we know, and again, our guest Lisa Gard from Specialized Staffing, how do we know if someone's going to fit our workplace culture? If you're a tight nip, especially at a small business level, you guys have been working together for 10 to 15 mm-hmm. years. You're trying to introduce somebody to your culture. How can we identify that they're going to fit in our workplace culture? Right. So I have a few really great questions that I ask candidates that I personally love that get at this. I ask, I ask every candidate I interview, tell me what is your work-related pet peeve? Mm. And that will tell me exactly the type of people they don't get along with, the type of people that they, you know, and that yeah. that's immediate. Um, tell me about your, um, tell me about the boss you worked with the best. Mm. Tell me about the environment you enjoyed working in the best. If there was one job you picked that you would not want to go back to, tell me about that and why. Now you're getting at what they liked and didn't like about where they've worked before and you can think to yourself, okay, that sounds like us or yeah, it sounds like it'd be a good fit. Yeah. When you're down to, let's say two to three qualified candidates, you feel like you like all of these. What's the evaluation? Is it, you know, I want to look at it two from two perspective, the small business where you've got the sole decision maker and he or she's going to be pulling the trigger on this hire. Mm -hmm. And then when you're working in more of a corporate HR hiring manager environment, how are those decisions made and what are the best ways to get and reach that decision for your qualified candidate? Sure. Oftentimes with a larger organization where the candidate is going to be working with a team, they will have them come in with a, for a final interview where it's basically just a meet and greet with the team. Mm. And they'll they'll just want to know who did they click the best with? Yeah. Which candidate do they feel they could live with? Um, if you're a sole proprietor, I say don't, and I, I digress back to don't overcomplicate the process. Interview two or three people. If you hone in on one that you really like, call their references, check them, unless you find out they're an axe murderer, that you, what's the barrier <laughs> to giving them a chance, right? Yeah. So I, you know, because a lot of times, and I do, Tyler, I hear small business owners say, oh, I really liked them both and I just can't decide, or I just, oh, I really liked her, but I just feel like I should compare to somebody else. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. You know, what's the barrier? So th- those are my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Lisa Gard here with Specialized Staffing. Uh, when you bring this person on board, uh, and, and maybe this gets back to the small business decision idea behind it, 
Is there an element of being nervous that you got the right candidate, that you got the right hire? How how do you start to, okay. how do you feel confident in yourself? God, yeah, no, everybody's <laughs> nervous. Did we make the right decision? I guarantee you that. No, but if you've done all of your due diligence and if you followed those steps and if you make sure you do reach out and talk to people who will talk to you about that candidate, in my experience, a reference that will only verify dates of employment. And you do get that from larger organizations because their legal counsel tells them don't give references. Mm. But you know what? Every time I've interviewed a candidate who I've really felt strongly is a great candidate and I've asked them, hey, can you give me somebody who will really talk to me about you? Yeah. They will. And the person will talk to you. If they have something good to say, they'll gush about the candidate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I say definitely reach out, talk to those references. And, and I'm saying this to the candidate side now, keep track of these people that you work with and for who you, you do really well with, make sure that you talk to them and ask them if you can use them as a reference, because giving references that will only verify dates of employment is really, it, it makes it tough because let's say it's between you and one other candidate. And that's the only difference mm -hmm. is that your reference is gushed about you and told me what a rock star you are. And the other candidate who I like just as much, I talk to three people who say, I can only give you dates of employment. Mm. I'm probably going to resonate with the one. Yeah. That, yeah. For a candidate uh, who may have been at this place of work for 10 years is applying for a new job outside the organization. And it's not that their references are slim, but maybe that their references are dated. Right. How do we handle that? Can we give a, a reference that, that we yes. have inside? And, and what's the best way to handle that? I do tell my candidates to always keep track of the people you're working with. So anytime I left a job, I would always you know, I would always talk to one person that I knew would give me a reference. And years later, I would reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to be interviewing. Is it okay if I still, you know, use your name as a reference? And they would always say yes. Okay. Because sometimes it is tough. I don't expect people to give me a reference from the job they're currently working yeah. in. I mean, that's, I, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, we'd like to take this person away from you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and when you do give me a reference that's from a current employer, I do not call them until you give me permission to. And that's normally after the offer has been extended and accepted and okay. you've given your notice, then I can reach out and talk to that person. But yeah, we don't do that. So when we have this open position, obviously people who are in the hiring world, small business world, we know there's a battle for employees right now, and we may be reaching a point in our you know, timeline here where it's like, I got to get this position filled. How do we balance the situation of I need this position filled to making sure you have the right candidate to fill that position? Right. I say be flexible. So we have our criteria. We see what the position is going to entail, what they're going to, to do. And we have a list of criteria. You need to look at that list and determine what are your non-negotiables because not all of that is non-negotiable mm. um, normally. So get your wish list and then pare it down to what's non-negotiable and what's preferred. You have a range. So if somebody comes to you and they bring everything to the table, you can expect that they may expect to be at the top end of your range. But if you see somebody that might be missing one or two things, and, you know, maybe you can talk to them and because there's a, a, a little bit longer learning curve because you're going to have to teach them, you know, a few things, 
you may be able to get them to be flexible in terms of their salary requirements based on the fact that they're not quite bringing everything to the table. But if you have, I always say hire for soft skills and you can teach the technical skills. So Mm. if they're missing something like Excel or QuickBooks, do not overlook that person because they don't have that. Um, So I say, Pick and choose what the non-negotiables are and be as flexible as you can. The other thing too is when I say be flexible, a lot of times, especially now, people are expecting more flexibility in terms of schedule Mm. and telecommuting opportunities. And it's not possible for every organization, but if it is possible, it pays to be a little flexible. You, you may open up your, your candidate pool that way. So what is the latest with specialized staffing? What's the, what's the latest for you? Yeah. So we've got all kinds of positions open right now. We've got a lot of administrative positions right here in Butler. Um, a lot of them entail um, general administrative work. We have some medical office assistant positions available. We've got a lot of positions in account that we're hiring for, um, office manager opportunities, and they're all pretty local, um, all within probably a 20-mile radius of Mm. of Butler. We've got some positions up in um, Petrolia. Um, And if you're looking for project work, um, right now, summertime, project work is is available. So if you're off of school, you're going back to school in August, and you're looking for project work, we can help you that way too. And what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so our website, The Best Work With Us, is a great way to take a look at what we currently have open, but um, you can reach us by phone at 724-287-8380. Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing. Lisa, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks, Tyler. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com, and also on the mobile app as well, and on Spotify. Just search for WISR and Let's Talk. I'm Tyler Friel, and you have been listening to Let's Talk right here on WISR.